whether it's the tech sector and what we've been able to accomplish in recent years, oil and gas with the environment and how we've had to be fearless and get out there and lead that. The social service sector, we've done amazing things in this city and tried things. And I'm proud of the fact that when it doesn't work, then we brush ourselves off and we try something different. I'm really proud of where Calgary has gotten to and how we've embraced that ability to just, you know, try new things. Welcome to the Joe Momo Presents podcast. This is the Calgary Leader Series. Let's start the show. I'm really excited to have my next guest on the podcast. She's the CEO at YWCA Calgary. Welcome to the podcast, Sue Tommy. Hey, thank you. It's great to be here, Joe. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Let's just jump right into it. How about you let the listeners know who you are and what you do? Okay. Um, So I am the CEO of YW Calgary. And uh, as the chief executive officer, I I oversee the operations of uh, approximately 280 employees and, uh, and, and an organization that serves women and children in our community. And uh, it's, um, I get to work with wonderful people and do meaningful work. So I'm very privileged, I think, to lead this team uh, and be part of the fabric of the Calgary community and be able to help our, our citizens thrive. I love that. Um, when did my research uh, for this interview, I, I noticed that you've had a wealth of experience in the corporate world, in the nonprofit world. Um, so when you're coming up in your career, were you, were you always interested in leadership uh, roles in nonprofits? You know what? I, I, I would love to say that, you know, this was something that I aspired to do at, you know, at nine years old when, when you're asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> uh, the reality is uh, my, my career path has been um, uh, a various trajectory that was driven sometimes by lifestyle decisions and then by career opportunities and then by um, work that just pulled me in and was impossible to say no to. So um, I don't know that I always knew that I that I wanted to, to lead people. I knew that I wanted to do something that um, made me feel good in, in what I was doing for the community and also gave me an opportunity to learn myself. And so that's why it's been pretty varied in, in terms of my roles over the years. And that's just been, I think, some great good fortune to be able to to do that and to be at the point in my career now that I can use those years of experience um, to, to lead the YW and the work that we do. That's awesome. Speaking of the YW and the work uh, you guys do, um, I noticed that you guys have programs and services for women and their families. Uh, and you guys are actually the longest uh, serving women's organization in Calgary. Uh, but Maybe what else does YW Calgary do that maybe some listeners don't really know about? I'm going to be cheeky and say and, and tell you what we um, what we don't do because sometimes it's 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 it, it's uh, you can define yourself by what you don't do. Um, despite the fact that I uh, I consider the CEO of 
YMCA Calgary, a friend and a business colleague. We are not affiliated with the YMCA, uh, we, and so we are we are not uh, uh, as much the, the fitness uh, focused organization that YM is. Although if you go back 115 years in Calgary and you look at sort of where YMs and YW started. I think we had similar roots uh, in the community. And so uh, that's kind of one way to say what we don't do. I think if you were to say what we do do, people are often um, uh, don't realize the work that we do uh, with helping women transition from a place of, of uncertainty and crisis to be able to uh, get their feet under them and and be able to uh, be independent um, and successful in Calgary, so they they will see they understand the childcare that we do and and uh, we do have some fitness uh, and we do have language programming etc. But I think I think that piece around uh, our transitional housing for women who are transitioning is is one of the pieces that uh, people didn't necessarily realize that or our, our domestic violence shelter didn't realize that that is part of what YW has done for many many years. It's awesome. And to be honest, I actually wasn't aware that you guys weren't in the same like white YM and Right? I know. Research. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I always think it's an opportunity to re-educate. And yet at the same time, you know, we we do work together on on different things sometimes, but we are very separate organizations. So mm-hmm. well, that's awesome to hear. Um, one question I always was curious about is uh, challenges and building resilience. Um, what would you say is a big challenge in uh, uh, your work that you do, uh, whether it be in the nonprofit industry or specifically uh, helping women and their families in, in Calgary? I think one of you know one of the biggest challenges is uh, being able to um, do this work and be able to um, operate independently and financially strong. So you know this is we have some amazing frontline workers and uh, folks that, you know, it's, it's like some of the other folks in the, in the social service sector, often they do so much of the heavy lifting and the compensation is not terrific. So, and so being able to ensure that we are paying our employees fairly and that they are able to thrive themselves, it's pretty hard to have a mission to help women and children thrive in the community if you're, if your own employees aren't. So I think there's it's the the challenge is, is often the education of the community, of the expertise that it takes to to do the work that we do, and how important it is that they are compensated um, accordingly, and the value that they bring. I think sometimes that that's something that's just not it's not top of mind for for people. They don't they don't think about what that takes. Uh, in order to do that work. I think that's one of the the biggest challenges. And, and I think the other challenge is this is a community, I mean, we're at 1.6 million people now in Calgary. When I, you know, first moved here when I was like 13 years old, I, you know, maybe 450,000, 350, 450,000. So this, this city has changed dramatically over the years and continues to evolve. So I think one of the challenges is being able to stay on top of that. 
and and recognize that it's changing and being able to say when things aren't working and shift and and move and and be able to move with the city and recognize um how how much it has changed and continues to evolve absolutely one of the things that you had mentioned is the change in calgary uh and i'm always curious for my guest perspectives how how the city has changed from when they first started to now so i'd love to ask uh besides kind of the population change have you noticed any uh changes to the vibe of the city or uh just the overall landscape in calgary I think the the thing that hasn't changed is that um, it's still a relatively, for the amount of people, it's a pretty tight, small community. I mean, I think that there was a study, I told that I've heard of a study that was done around the six degrees of separation, you know, when you can six times and you'll find that that sort of similarities in a relationship with someone. And in Calgary, it's more like 1.6. And it's true. I challenge anybody to have a conversation with someone within two mentions of people that you haven't made a connect. So I think that's something that that has been that's been continuous, which is great. I think the change that I notice if I was to give a visual would be, um, you know, uh, um, standing and, and watching the Stampede Parade um, and watching who watches the Stampede Parade now versus what that would have looked like even 25 years ago. Um, I, the diversity um, makes me teary when I can stand and watch it all that, you know, how how that is appealing and, and who makes up Calgary today. I, I find that um, I just my heart swells with, with pride about this is this is our Calgary. This is this is Calgary now. And that's changed dramatically. And I think that's something that um, what makes the city really great and makes for that vibe that you just spoke of. It's just so diverse and there's so much to experience in this Absolutely. city. Absolutely, yeah. I just, I just love the vibe, the the diversity, like you, like you talk about, um, just the growth overall, and just business and entrepreneurship and everything, everything. I just, I just uh, <laughs> love Calgary so much. Um, speaking of, I know we talked about some challenges and having that, uh, building that awareness and what it takes to run effectively as an organization, um, but. On the other side of things, success, uh, I'd love to get your perspective on what the success look like or mean to you, whether it be professionally or personally. Success to me in general is when you have um, everyone feeling like the people around you, whether it's family members, whether it's my colleagues, the organization, colleagues in the community, that there is an opportunity for everybody to have input and that they can see that they actually have an opportunity to contribute and be heard, uh, be listened to, and and be part of the solution. If you asked my team members at the YW some Sue-isms, uh, and they've got a few, some of them aren't very flattering, frankly, I think, but um, uh, one of the Sue-isms is one big brain that I operate under. And so success to me is when you're able to have that collective brain, it's, it, it may take more time, uh, it may take more energy, might have some challenges along the way. Ultimately, it is a better product. So success to me is when you're able to not only achieve that, but people can look and say, I was part of that. I think that's probably for me the, the biggest 
um, contributing factors to success is the inclusivity of that process. I love that that one big brain approach. Um, absolutely, it takes a team to really move move a mission forward, and having that one big brain definitely definitely helps. <laughs> um, speaking of which, what's what would you say is a unique skill that's helped you become so successful in in your career? The one skill for me is is not being afraid to um, to speak up and be able to be to say I don't have the answers. Um, I think that's that served me well to get to a point where I can say, yeah, you know, math, um, I, it's, it wasn't something that I excelled in in high school. And here I am a grillion years later, and that's why I have really smart people around me. And so um, I think that's part of it is being able to be okay with the fact that you don't, you don't have all the answers. And that's actually, um, that's, that's the way it should be. I think that that's really been the biggest piece for me is is being able to overcome that. Not to say that sometimes there still isn't a bit of that imposter syndrome when you get to various positions and you're kind of like, really? How did I get here? Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, but it, part of it is that, that just not trying to fake it and and being able, you know, the fake it till you make it is actually can be can be quite challenging. At a certain point you're going to get called out so you're you're better off to say I have not a clue what you're talking about. <laughs> can you start over and enlighten me so that I can, you know, think that through. I love that that uh, authenticity, uh, not to fake it till you make it. Just asking for help when you need yeah, help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um <laughs> My next question, I only have a couple more questions here for you, Sue. Um, I'm always curious what my guests are curious about uh, at the moment. So uh, what is maybe something Sue's curious about at the moment? It could be professionally or personally. So right at this moment, I am curious about 2023 in as much as at this having emerged from a global pandemic and and I know nobody even wants to refer to that word anymore and I think we'd kind of thought we'd got back to normal whatever normal is I think we're recognizing right now when you know people will say well there is no normal there is I think we're actually feeling that now and I'm curious as to what that will mean for opportunities and and how we will be able to adapt to that and and really take advantage of, for lack of a better word. I'm curious how that will play out and who the people will be who will lead that. Because I think uh, at the end of the day, I'm, I, I think it won't necessarily be the likely suspects. And so I'm curious about who and how, who will emerge and how they will emerge and, and, and how that will um, contribute to this next iteration of Calgary and Alberta and Canada for that matter, as you think about how things have, have shifted so much. So I'm I'm curious about what the future holds. And like I said, who the players will be and, and what emerges from all that. And, um, and I'm, I'm particularly curious about young people and their contribution to that and how they will start to form that because it's their future. And I think they're deeply engaged. And I think that they're just... They're just waiting for the opportunity for someone to twin and how we how we will get to enjoy that ride. Absolutely. Um, what's what's maybe one question that you never get asked? I'm sure you get asked a lot of questions, but maybe what's one question that you don't get asked that you wish you would, you would be asked? I don't get asked. Um, 
what <laughs> what did you want to be when you grow up and 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 how did that how did that move to where you are today because it's <laughs> kind of a funny story actually <laughs> well, i'd love that story on the podcast <laughs> do you want me to answer that uh, yes please <laughs> okay well so it's kind of like what did you want to be when you grow up and you know for me when i was saying that before about when you were asking about leadership and you know at nine years old it wasn't i you know i aspire to be the ceo of the yw or i never could have imagined in my wildest dreams what i wanted to be was um, of course two different things because that's anybody who knows me would know that you know heaven forbid I should pick one thing it'd have to be more. Um, I wanted to be a singer and I wanted to be a, a, a flight attendant, a stewardess in the day, which shows my age. You don't say that anymore. Um, that's the two things I really wanted to be, and I would say it over and over again. And ultimately, you know, when my career uh, started to take a, a direction, I, I would reflect back on that, um, you know, five-year-old Sue, and realize, oh my. Gosh, I actually, I actually did that. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't a flight attendant, but I worked in the airline industry and loved it for five years. So I didn't, and I actually was a singer at one point in time, and and was able to, in the eighties, cut an album and and uh, co-write music and and be able to perform. But I, you know, it was years later that I looked back and thought, oh my gosh, talk about manifestations. Um, I actually, at five years old, that was kind of what I wanted to do, and at one point in my life, I did that. It's not ultimately what I did, but I at least ticked that box. <laughs> no way. That's, that's awesome. Wow. <laughs> I never knew. If you don't mind me asking, what, what genre of music were you uh, uh, producing? Oh, it was, it was the 80s. So it was pop rock and everything was big, big hair, big production, big, big shoulders. It was it was all that and more. So it was a fun ride back in the day. And, and, uh, and it, you know, it was it was, you know, cut an album. So that puts it all into perspective. Nobody cuts albums anymore. But, yeah. You know, it makes for good storytelling. Yeah, yeah. yeah string albums. Then. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Um, my last question, Sue, is. Uh, What's what's maybe something you're proud of that we haven't touched on in the interview so far? I would say I'm I'm what I'm that I'm proud of that we haven't touched on. I'm I'm really I'm really proud of um, how this city has done a a really great job of leading the way. I think in all sorts of industries and opportunities. I'm proud of how um, you know we've been able to. Um, at the toughest of times, still be able to do um, different things and be brave. And, you know, whether it's the tech sector and what we've been able to accomplish in recent years, oil and gas with the environment and how we've had to be fearless and get out there and lead that. Um, The social service sector, there's just, you know, we've done amazing things in this city um, and tried things. And I'm, I'm proud of the fact that when it doesn't work, then we brush ourselves off and we try something different. This is really a city about, and it's because of our youthfulness, really, because we're such a young city, right? I'm really proud of, of where Calgary has gotten to and how we've embraced that ability to just, you know, try new things.
Um, I, I think for me, and I'm proudest of that at the YW, we are not the organization we were a decade ago, and it wasn't always smooth sailing, but I'm super proud of, of how we've emerged and been able to be this resilient organization that serves over 5,000 you know, women and children every year. And I'm proud of the fact that we, we've been able to change lives and that we've got such a wonderful team that takes such pride in that. So... Yeah, I could probably talk on and on about pride because <laughs> I feel I just uh, I feel that every single day, and you know, and um, every time I walk my dogs up at you know Nose Hill Park in the morning and and look around, look downtown, I'm just proud to be Calgarian. Hi, I'm Sue Tomney, and you're listening to Joe Momo Presents. Thanks again for watching the Joe Momo Presents podcast. For more episodes, check out joemomo.com slash podcasts. All right, see you next time.